Hello, welcome to the State of Survival. Today we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Y'all, it looks like they have another installment of the Lord of the Rings game, Return to Moria. This game focuses on, uh, focuses on the dwarves heading back into the mines of Moria. Yes, that's right, the very same mines in which the Fellowship traveled through with Gandalf and took the Balrog with them into the depths of darkness. An attempt to reclaim their home and bring their kind together once again. What do you think about this game overall, Yarl? We had some live streams. I definitely underestimated this game, and I love it. I guess my biggest apprehension was, okay, it's another survival builder, but what is it going to have that stands out? And I really do love some of the mechanics. Like, although it is a base builder, it's more of a camp builder and an outpost builder. I also really appreciated the fact that they respected the lore, Gimli was crushed when he saw how Moria had fallen. And you really see that in the beginning of the game, that this is his personal mission to reclaim it. And, you know, it's funny because there have been many Lord of the Rings games throughout the years. Like, I have been playing it since it was on the PlayStation, all the way up until the most recent in Golem. I played, you know, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, all those games. And it's really interesting because I actually never expected there to be a game about Lord of the Rings quite like this. Um, did it kind of take you back to Yar? Yes. And in fact, with the, the poor Lord of the Rings, with the media of the television show kind of falling on its face, Golem, which was an absolute disaster, and even Shadows of War missing the mark that the first game tried to itch, it really seems their only successful games since then have been real-time strategies or grand strategies. So when I heard base building survival with a bunch of dwarves, I didn't know what to think. And I was pleasantly surprised. You know, it's really interesting. Um, we both have obviously played it. But that intro and the lore seem to be really on point. Oh, I think the best part about it is you start the intro almost like somebody watching the movie. And then in that short amount of time, as you're being introduced to what Gimli looks like, you're like, wow, he looks rad in his old age. And you start seeing the dwarves getting excited to reclaim. It transitions to first person, mid-intro cinematic, and then you're just, that's you. You realize once you pick up that, that explosive powder keg to try to blow your way in, that that's you, and it was just amazingly done. Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved how... Uh, it had the map, and it was showing all the different locations of all of the Dwarven strongholds and caves and all the stuff kind of coming to Moria. And having the original uh, uh, voice actor of Gimli actually reading all that stuff just kind of made you feel at home. And it is really awesome because they couldn't actually even open the door that the Fellowship originally went through in the uh, introduction into the game. They had to go blast their way in, which... You know, I'm not going to spoil too much, folks, but you'll find out. It's so cool, too. And I just want everybody out there to know it wasn't because the dwarves were stupid either. They did try the way to get in. It just didn't work for some reason. <laughs> and they're like, well, that didn't oh. work. Let's blow it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were definitely doing the door thing. Well, if we can't get in this way, we'll find another way, which was awesome, <laughs> which was definitely awesome. So what makes this game stand out, Yarrow? Like, why should people care about this game? Well, I think it combines a really beautifully crafted world that is scripted in the very beginning and then rather seamlessly throws you into a procedurally generated hell 
And that first moment when we actually got into that part of the game and looked down into the Mines Moria and seen that there were levels upon levels upon levels down as far as the eye could see, that is when the excitement really hit me that we were in the Mines of Moria. It, it's, it's execution is great. It slow paces you in. You're playing a tutorial in the beginning without even realizing you're playing a tutorial. And I just love it because it was very hands-free. You know, there was clear objectives, but it let you explore, it let you fail, it let you build. It was really well executed. Now, you just said two things there. You said that there was a map design and procedural generation going on there. And then you said voxel a little bit there. What, what, what's, going, what's going on in this situation? Is this like a well-made, uh, a sculpted um, uh, game where they have hand-designed levels with small bits of voxel and some procedural generation to like, you know, where goblins spawn and that kind of stuff? Or is it a bit more better, more in depth than that? It's a little more in depth. What I love about it is when I say voxel, and, and the more I explored it, I realized that the areas that you could carve away that were voxel, you're almost like an archaeologist. It's the cavens that are voxel. So imagine a dwarven city just underneath the surface where even elves were allowed to come in, which we saw with like the elven wood, some of the gifts, some of the writings. But then when you come up to an area where you can't proceed any further, it's dirt that's piled up. That's the stuff that you could voxely remove. So you can't do any permanent harm to these structures, the grand structure of the Dwarven City. And at first I was kind of dismayed. I thought the whole thing would be voxel, but I really felt like proud when we were uncovering the Dwarven City and restoring it, because you could take a hammer and fix some of the busted buildings, it really felt like we were there on a reclamation mission and not a stripping mission, which I think was the key to the entire theme of the game. Oh yeah, and you're totally right. I absolutely adore that uh, element of it. I don't feel like I am building Moria from the ground up. I feel like I am, like you said, reclaiming, restoring bringing back the glory of what Moria is. And it feels like there's enough creative freedom that I can expand upon that glory, that amazement and that coolness without a hundred percent ruining kind of the awe and luster that it has, because there are so many beautiful things as we're transversing this area that we are seeing um, scaffolding, stonework, the statues, like you've said, little hobbit holes, taverns, bars, all that stuff. So it's not like a 100%, oh, we're only here to restore the industrial complex of the Dwarven Nation. We're actually here to restore our home. And it's really, really cool. But you know what? It's not all about base building and restoring things, right, Yarl? Combat was really hell of fun, huh? Combat is so fun. It, it's it's not like in Shrouded where it's an RPG and you level up your skills. It's more of what I call visceral combat. You click button, you swing axe. But it is so well done. It feels very arcadey in the best way. It's a great party game to get a group of dwarves together. You can try out different weapon combos with no penalty. You could sword and board. You could have a two-handed battle axe, a spear. Um, and they did a, such a good job on it. So what enhances you? There's no leveling. What enhances you? Dwarven magic. I think one of the biggest misconceptions in Lord of the Rings is that the dwarves don't have magic. Whereas when we found the elven wood... 
you saw that it was beautifully created with elven magic. That was definitely there. But you really get a feel for what the dwarves did for the elves, what they did for all of Middle-earth, all these legendary weapons that have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years being fabricated by the dwarves. It's not that they're not magical or that they can't cast magic. It's that all of their magic is done through crafting. And you feel that in the way that you can enhance your weapons, building the Mega Forge, and whatever piece of lore you choose to decide, there's even a big portion of the Lord of the Rings lore saying that it was the dwarves who built all the rings with the help of the elves. So if that's what you consider your canon, they even fed into that so that it could appease both types of audiences, which I thought was very well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree on all of that because it was definitely not like a, you know, kind of they melded the PvP, the combat with the uh, crafting situation. Your dwarf, you know, most people think dwarves, they pretty much know everything about doing. But what a lot of people fail to realize is that dwarves themselves are just like any society. Everyone has their specialties and everyone has their crafts. And the way your character is presented when he first goes down into the fathoms of Moria is that you're more of a laborer than you are a craftsman. You don't mm -hmm. really know have a lot of recipes at your disposal. And as you discover more and more materials, you get better stuff. Which brings us to the amazing forge we were just talking about. You mentioned we brought to life an amazing, beautiful forge. The animation, unfortunately, you already didn't get to see it. I'm sorry. Uh, was really <laughs> cool. But we were able to make some uh, legendary uh, items one of them was called the Wall of Mori, I believe, and it allowed me to possibly block uh, incoming damage for my surrounding allies, which we have yet to truly mm. happens. But that kind of stuff's really cool because your dwarf doesn't know everything. He doesn't know how to make steel or iron until he discovers iron and you know starts putting stuff together. So it's really nice. One of the things that I noticed in it is that they also have kind of a fast travel system inside of the um, of the game, right, Earl? Yeah, and that's so cool that they have that because they they did have fast travel system. In fact, part of Gimli's argument about going to the mines of Moria was that they could get somebody to take them through the mines out to the other side real quick. That's how he convinced Frodo when Gandalf said, it's up to you, Frodo. That's how Gimli convinced Frodo to go to Moria was that it, it would be faster. They have means of travel. And you really feel that. And I love that it's dwarven magic that gets you there, that you could build this shrine and go from point to point to point but it takes a lot of food so it still is you know if you're not surviving and you don't have a whole lot of food on you it's not something that you can just do um and what i really like about what you said about how you're not craftsmen and i kind of kept my lord of the rings mouth shut on it i've heard a lot of people go dwarves should know how to work metal i mean it's being dwarves well not really because the people who are the craftsmen who built the items who did the metal working being a smith for the dwarves was like being a priest. It was like being a wizard. It was it was a it was a class. It was a a place of honor to be able to craft a blade that the warriors would use. It's not something that the common lay dwarf had. So we know how to mine the material, which kind of plays into us being the working class, but we didn't have the knowledge to smelt or make the material. Now, there's one last thing I think we should really discuss before we fully wrap up, and that is how much fun it was to actually play together and with our fellow friend, Dimension 119. It was a blast. I had heard from our previous guest, Hel Kiana, 
uh, couple episodes back at that. And she actually suggested we play this with friends, which is why I held off playing by myself until I was able to play with you and or Dimension at the same time. I absolutely loved it. Like, I almost feel like I can't play that game alone because of how much fun I actually did have with you, Dimension, and eventually Miss Evil Canadian joining us on the last time we played. Completely agree. They have this really cool mechanic where when you're mining, you can sing to inspire, which causes lower stamina reduction, and everybody behind you can join in on the song. But instead of just having five voices singing over one another, everybody who joins in the song harmonizes and sings different parts of the music. They do that for drinking, too. Oh, I yeah, think the, definitely, definitely. I think the best part of the game, though, is that if your group isn't playing and you want to play and you don't want to play alone, you can actually take your character, join anybody else's multiplayer world and keep your progress and just help them either catch up to you or surpass you and even go kill some bosses and trolls and stuff. And a fun fact about the whole singing and harmonizing together, folks, that was actually sang by the San Francisco Symphony. All of those Dwarven songs that you can sing together, whether you're mining or you're drinking some tackards. Uh, they put out an announcement earlier today about, and that, that that's just all absolutely amazing that they went through that much effort to get that kind of level of audio for us to listen to. Yeah, and the fact that the lead singer, whoever starts the scene, will either sing in bass tenor soprano i mean like it's a different vocalist whenever you sing but it's so beautiful that even though it's the same song it's not performed the same way each time which is so cool nice so we've talked about the lord of the rings return to moria we've talked about the kind of lore the introduction a little bit about the crafting the kind of exploration kind of situation we've been talked about the combat and the multiplayer as well as some other minor things inside of it but y'all let me get your true opinion on this. What do you think about the uh, overall game as a whole? As a whole, 9 out of 10. And I really think what kind of set that for me was that this was not another early access game that was just hastily wrapped together and then pushed out for us to play. Despite the negative press of the Amazon series and the past few games, they went straight into full access. Even after playing in Shrouded, we both loved the execution, you know, closed beta, free demo, then early access, then launch. But this game came out, and it came out fully loaded, ready to go, and there were very little problems with it. It was optimized, doing multiplayer lobbies was easy, fun, and I generally was surprised at how stable the game is considering we didn't hear much about it until launch i will have to concur with almost everything you said and even expand upon it further i loved how every single time we went to join a world the private passcode changed so we didn't have to worry about people joining unnecessarily or stream sniping or whatever um i honestly feel that this game could benefit from a possible uh I would say friendly fire mode. Um, I think that would be kind of fun, kind of give us a little mm -hmm. bit more reason to fight more tactically because we, we got a little bit crazy near the end, just like swinging our swords as fast as we could, <laughs> spears and axes and such. Um, I think uh, Dimension put an arrow through me into the enemy at one time. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the game is a smash hit. And the fact that it came out fully released, not early access, nothing exactly what, like you said, uh, really at home. But, you know, Jarl, I think you have something uh, hot take-wise to say about this overall, don't you? 
That is absolutely true. The The thing that I've been having a problem with with these early access games is that it's the same thing, rinse, lather, repeat. And Dump and I, we were really taken aback with how well Enshrouded did it. They did a closed beta demo early access release. Return to Moria had no early access. They did all their testing in-house, and we were able to play the full release title with very little bugs. We didn't have that problem where the game early released, we played a game that wasn't complete for maybe one or two years and then got burned out on it. And when the full release came out, we didn't care. Um, I, that doesn't mean that early access doesn't have its place. It just means with certain titles, when the gameplay is what you could do with your friends in a survival situation, I think that they played their cards right. They went into an area where people were kind of dismayed by the last Lord of the Rings titles, especially since it's not an RTS like a lot of the successful ones recently, and they just nailed it. They came in with an original idea, an original art style, and they just released it. And much to their benefit, I, I don't think they suffered from doing that, and I think more games could take a lesson. Have faith in your work. Work on your stuff in-house. Finish your stuff in-house. Make sure it's working, because if you feel you have created a beautiful piece of art, then release it. Don't put us through this two-year early access grind until we get all of the game's uh, capabilities and, and options. Oh, that was that's really nice to hear, Yara, because I, I agree on those situations and the example that you provided. But to our community, the game didn't just pop out of early access for Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. It came out as a full title. Do you think that the Lord of the Rings Return to Moria should have came out as an early access game and allowed it to become polished? Or do you think that it, it came out just as well, um, well as it needed to come out? But that's something for you folks to answer down below in the comments. But folks, thank you very much for joining us for our first impressions of Lord of the Rings Returned to Moria. Remember, folks, to leave a like and subscribe, and we look forward to hearing your opinions and views about this game in total. Right, Yarl? Absolutely. And hopefully you guys enjoy and get as much Mithril as possible. Happy mining. <laughs>